What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth episode of the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling, and I will be your host. Today, I would like to welcome CFL Certified Contract Advisor Daniel Lamba to the show. We will be discussing his career so far and what he expects to do in the future, along with a few things going on in the industry currently. First, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jace. Happy to be here. What's going on? Oh, not much. Sunny day here in Bloomington. How about you? Very good. I'm out here in sunny South Florida. Typical day, nice and humid, nice and hot. Yeah, must be nice. It's not uh, bad. Could could we get started by you telling us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So, my name is Daniel Lamba. I'm currently a CFL certified contract advisor, but that's just at the forefront. Going to give you a little bit of background here. I was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Lived there for about a year, so not very long. And then my parents moved us down to uh, Tampa, Florida, where I was raised most of my life. And I grew up in a small town in what called Wesley Chapel. And it's uh, really industrialized and commercialized, which is pretty cool to see every time I go back. And so growing up, I was always around sports. My brother played sports. He was a D1 athlete, and he was getting recruited a lot and so just seeing those letters come in seeing the work that he put in and going to his Friday night lights high school games that was a played a big part in me wanting to play football I played a little bit myself not nearly as athletically gifted as a lot of the clients I work with or my brother himself but I knew I wanted to be around the game somehow and my love for football my love for professional football kind of started at a really young age just sitting on the couch on Sundays, watching football with my dad. So growing up, he was a Pats fan because we came from Boston. And for some reason, I decided to uh, make my life miserable and become a Dolphins fan. Granted, we had a good season this year, but I I love the Dolphins. And so just every year, watching them and being an avid fan just really started to build and grow on my love for sport my love for professional football and my desire to be in that field yeah so why why the dolphins why not the buccaneers great question great question growing up in tampa bay i get it all the time um i honestly i think what it came down to was at a young age i was was playing video games and my favorite video game at the time i believe was nfl street and ricky williams was on the cover. Not sure if you remember him. No, I'm, I'm a little too young for that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, he won the Heisman at Texas, and then he went to the Saints, and there was this huge blockbuster trade. And just Ricky Williams was an awesome guy. He played for the Dolphins, and then he was on the cover of my favorite video game at the time, and I loved playing with him. And so as I was playing with him, I kept seeing the Dolphins over and over and over, and sure enough, that ended up sticking. Okay. So you talked about your brother as kind of what got you interested in being an agent and like just loving the game of football. But mm-hmm. like when did when did you get your start in the industry and like when did you know that this is the industry for you? Well, I still have some more background to go. Um, well, being around my brother and whatnot and just loving the game of football, decided to go to Florida State. Uh, at the time, they had a good football team. I went over there in 2015. And I knew I wanted to be around sports somehow. So I was a sport management major. 
And from there, I tried to get in with the football team and whatever athletic program would take me. Not much luck there, but I got in with uh, tickets, the ticket sales. And so that was kind of my introduction to sport and kind of uh, helped me adopt this mindset that it's good to figure out what you don't want to do at a young age. And not saying tickets is bad or anything, but I just knew that that wasn't the life for me. And I knew I wanted to do more and be closer to the field, closer to the players and closer to the actual impact in the game. And so as I was doing tickets, uh, I managed to dabble around. I got an internship with the strength and conditioning. And then once I was around those guys and like the athletes, it just really solidified the fact that I want to work with these guys on a day to day and impact their lives. Yeah. So like, were you like selling tickets on the phone or what were you doing there? Well, I worked for Florida state ticket office. And so we had our, actual office at the football stadium but i also sold tickets for the baseball team the basketball team anything that had a ticketed event and so it was mainly in person you know game day sales but sometimes i'd pick up the phone and close a deal or whatnot but we had our actual sales teams capitalizing on leads and creating revenue for the uh the school okay okay so you just got certified in the cfl correct that's correct so is that your first league certification? And if not, like, what other leagues have you worked with? That is my very first. Um, I know I want to work in football. I just didn't know how I was going to get my start. So I guess here is how we kind of transitioned into how I got my start. Um, so I knew I wanted to break into the industry, but I didn't have any contacts. Like, didn't have much. My brother didn't play anymore. He didn't go very far in his uh, football career. And so I, I had a friend of mine, a best friend of mine growing up. He played D2 basketball. And from there, I just asked him. He was a close friend of mine, best friend. And I said, DJ, I want to represent you. And, I mean, it had been a, a joke that we had talked about. I was always very serious about it. And the time came when I went to law school and I felt a little bit more confident in myself and my abilities. I started representing him. And that's kind of how I got my start with a best friend of mine who played sports. Okay, you said he played D- D2 basketball? D2 basketball. Okay, so did you work with FIBA at all? Or, like, what leagues were you looking for him? We're trying to get him wherever we could. Um, FIBA was definitely an option trying to get him overseas. At that time, I definitely would have considered myself more of a player marketer and just kind of trying to get him in front of as many teams as possible. Yeah. We didn't really get much interest, and so we started looking at teams in the American Basketball Association, which is a, uh, a professional league in America that doesn't get much shine, but it's a great development league for players who are trying to uh, produce some, like pr- improve on their skills and get some good tape. Yeah, and what year was that? That was this year. I started being an agent about s- seven months ago. Okay, so did you ever look into the the Basketball League oh, with David Magley? Of course. I looked into it, but... Um, no luck there. Um, just ups and downs of the game, really. I mean, he uh, we didn't have a tryout with them, but we did have a couple of tryouts. And where we ended up was with a team in the ABA, but COVID kind of derailed that and just lots of uncertainty right now with uh, yeah, COVID. Yeah. So how was the CFL certification process this year? I know last year when I worked with my boss with it, I know it was like, they sent him a PDF and he did it. He filled it out on um, like at home. Was it the same this year? Was it the same this year? It was the same. So they sent me a PDF version of an exam. It was about 
26 questions, and you had to get a passing score of at least 75%, which was 21 out of 26. I believe that's the right number or something close to that line. But going into it, my preparation for it, I knew it was going to be based off the collective bargaining agreement. I knew it was going to be based off the standard player contracts and the representation agreements that agents have with their clients. So before I even received the exam, I was studying those materials. I'd gone through the the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, about three times. It's about 120 pages, but it's a quick read. It's not too bad. And uh, the standard representation agreement is for the agent and the client, and that's about 12 pages. And then the standard player contract is about six pages. And so just really going over those materials, being comfortable with them. And then when I received the exam from the CFL, I just, I I was prepared and it was an open book exam. So you have the CBA in front of you, you have it all and you kind of just decipher the information and choose the right answer. Similar to an undergraduate exam. Okay, yeah, I I remember taking it with well, not taking it with my boss, but like studying with my boss because he was trying to help me out for my future. Uh-huh. And I felt like it was a pretty easy CBA to read. The test was a little difficult, of course, but I mean, I feel like it was a pretty easy CBA to read. But um, so since you're already certified in the CFL, like, is the NFL certification in your future? Do you think? Oh, that's definitely in my future. The reason I don't have it right now is because you need a graduate degree. Yeah. A minimum. And so I finished my undergrad and that's all you need for the CFL. So I I checked that box, but I'm in law school right now and it's a a three-year commitment and I'm on the back half of my 2L, my second year. And so I still have some time to wait, but during that time, I'm just going to try and build my name with my CFL certification and get some guys signed. It's an uphill battle, but we're climbing, Jace. Yeah. So like, do you plan on starting your own company or do you plan on working for somebody else? It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, Growing up, I had always thought, I want to work for someone. I want to work for a big agency. But as time passed, I started to realize what would make me appealable to a big agency? And you either have to know somebody, which I don't, or have a bunch of clients who are already playing. And so you bring something to that firm and you offer them something. And so that's, in my opinion, that's kind of how you get an in with those forms of major agencies that you see on TV and that we, we idolize. But for right now, I'm on my own. And I'm loving it. I mean, I deal with my clients on, a, on the day-to-day. It's very personal. It's just me and them. And I communicate with teams and whatnot, and we try and get them tryouts, contract offers, whatever it may be. I think, Jace, I'm going to start my own company. Okay. I'm cool. going to uh, reference Joshua Grady. Yeah, I'm sure you know. Yeah. Love that uh, guy. Love that guy. He's awesome. Um, I think uh, his his course, the GSA Agent Academy, really opened my eyes that there is now a market for the boutique agency. Like you don't have to be part of these big corporations just to get the clients. I mean, if I want to do it my way, and since this has been my dream my entire life, Jace, I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to build my own agency. But for right now, I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about doing right by my clients and getting them offers. Yes, 100%.
And for anyone listening, the and you're an aspiring agent, the Joshua Grady GSA Agent Academy, 100% one of the best things I've ever done. It was eight weeks of nothing but like detailed information that Joshua gave us all. And it was just so, there's so much information and one of the best decisions I ever made. He's given out free game. Yeah. It was awesome to see. And I mean, being at this point in my career, when I was doing that, it was very premature. I, I, I had my best friend who played D2 basketball. And then that kind of led to another friend of mine who played D3 football. And I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that on how I kind of built my, uh, my clientele, but very insightful and very realistic and practical insight. Yes. So you're obviously, you obviously negotiate contracts with the CFL eventually, but is there any other types of services that you provide? Like, do you consider yourself a brand builder or like helping these guys with investments or starting their own businesses? Well, Jace, I'm still in law school. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, I have not been negotiating contracts in similar with these first contract offerings, you're not really negotiating because it's very cut and dry. Yeah, isn't the CFL like for the first three years or something? It's like the it, it's, it's like non negotiable. It's non negotiable. You're going to come in as an American player, which is who I represent. You're coming in. You're making sixty two thousand. Um. Yeah, you're making sixty two thousand your first year and your second year, and then you have an option year your third. Okay. And so that's kind of what's going on there. So there is no negotiation. It's just will you get the offer? But as I mentioned, doing it my own way, of course we're brand building over here. We're trying to offer as much value to our clients as we can. And whether that be through just being a good mentor, helping them out, being there when they need someone to talk to, or recently reaching out to brands and helping them partner with them to not only put money in my clients' pockets, but create relationships that will last and allow each other to um to just build and continue their success of course so you started with the d your friend d uh, the d2 basketball player then you said yeah your first football client was a d3 football player that's correct so the way it's gone i truly feel everything you do is a building block doesn't matter where you start but just get that first block so for me it was just a best friend of mine A lot of people, if you're interested in being an agent, you probably know someone in your life who played sports and they were close to them. If if that guy is pursuing a dream of playing professional sports, just do it. Just commit and go for it. And so that's what I did. So I started representing my friend who played D2 basketball. And then I was on Instagram and I saw another friend of mine, not as closely acquainted with him, but we were still cool growing up and he played D three football, had a pretty decent career. And so I started representing him and here we start getting into the ups and the downs. So acquired my first football client, huge up. I'm on top of the world. And then I proceed to secure him an indoor football league contract, which is basically arena football. And that was huge. That was my first contract offering that I secured for him. And then later, as time passed on, he decided that he was going to retire and hang up the cleats. And so I went from being on top of the world, got my first client, got my first offer, to now I'm back down here. I don't have a football client. But, but that's all part of the journey, honestly. And so it, it's truly been awesome. But coming from that client who played D3 football 
I then started representing a client who played at the University of North Alabama. And that's a D1 FCS school. So a small D1 school. And so kind of here showing you those building blocks. We started with basketball. And then we went to football with D3. And now we're up to a D1 uh, football player. Now what happened with him? I was working with him. He had dreams of playing either in the CFL or NFL. And at the time, I was not CFL certified. We had gone back and forth with our communications for a while. And it's a frustrating business. And so sometimes, no matter what the agent does, the agent cannot make the clubs move the pen and the paper. Yeah. And that's just the bottom line. And so I think, I'm not even sure. I think what had happened was, as after time passed by and he didn't receive results quick enough, I, I became ghosted. So here I am again on top of the world. got my first D1 football client. Everything is great to sending him messages saying, like, just want to let you know, man, I'm still working. I'm still reaching out to teams and talking to teams about you. And I just stopped hearing back. But it's all part of the journey, and I'm honestly thankful for that experience as well. And now we will continue. So we had our my – D3 football player to my D1. And then from there, I was thinking, how could I get some more clients who are more attractive to these professional leagues? So I started looking at professional leagues, and I came across the Spring League. Jace, are you familiar with the Spring League? I have not. I saw you post something today, and I was trying to read that paper that you posted, but it was kind of like fuzzy, so I couldn't read the whole thing. Oh, okay. Well, the Spring League is a, uh, it's a professional football league. That it's it's a developmental football league, and they actually send a lot of guys to the CFL. Is, is they, it here in the U.S.? It's here in the U.S., okay. and they've actually hosted a couple seasons, but this past season was the first time they had organized football with teams and a schedule. Before, it was kind of just like a showcase. You go out there, you, you suit up, and you practice for about a week or two. That's That's what it was before it turned into this actual football league that it was this year. <laughs> And so I'm watching it, and I'm watching the championship, and I figured I need some new clients. So what what can I do? And I just decided to shoot some shots. Took a book, took a page out of Grady's book, and started DMing guys. Of and course. I landed, I landed two clients. I landed a uh, a guy who played years of indoor football. He's a little bit older, but he's um. He's been really good for me, and I'll, I'll touch on him some more. He played at D2 Shorter University. And then I also secured my highest school, a D1 University of Hawaii. He was a safety over there. And then they, all, they both played in this championship game, and they ended up winning the championship. So I reached out to them, have been still communicate with them, still represent them, and we're, we're still reaching. And uh, those guys, what we're doing for them – is the D end. So the first one was a defensive end and we were in communications with the Toronto Argonauts and we got him on the negotiation list. So here we are again, Jace, you'll see I'm at the high, like, yeah, man, I'm really in communications. Like I got my guy on a list. Hopefully he's going to get signed. As time passes by, we see them signing other defensive ends and it becomes a little shaky. So we demand a release from the negotiation list. A lot of people don't know that this is an option, but it is. So for any young guys out there, if you guys are stuck on a negotiation list, you can demand a release, a 10-day release, and they are obligated to do so. 
Crazy thing is, we demand the release, and the Argonauts say, please don't do that. We plan on signing you. Just stick it out. So we stick it out for a little bit longer. And as more time passes, we see them signing more defensive ends. And we just, I, I send an email following up. And the next day, they let me know, hey, we're going to release your guy. We don't plan on signing him. So here we go again, Jace. We're at the top of the world, and we're coming right back down. But it seems like each time we go, we're having higher highs and higher lows. Yeah. And so once that happened, we're still reaching out, and he actually just did his virtual pro day. And I'm sending that out to CFL teams and NFL scouts right now as we speak. And then for my other guy, my University of Hawaii, the safety, he's attending the uh, National Scouting Combine in a couple days, and hopefully he'll put up some good numbers and we'll be able to market him based off of that. Okay. So let's say one of your – in the future, before you get your NFL certification, one of your CFL guys is getting interest from an NFL team and they plan on them to either practice squad or even even their 53-man roster. What happens then? Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, we hope yeah. that happens, first off. Um, what happens then is I'm not NFL certified, so I wouldn't be able to take a cut of their money legally, but I am still considered a marketing agent, as I referenced yeah. earlier. So I think being in this relationship that I built and that I avidly try and create with my clients, I'm hopeful that if one, once we get them signed, they'll stay with me and they'll stick it out for me as I – have stuck it out for them and they'll wait that year, year and a half for me to get my certification and then we'll be ready to hit the ground running when I, when the time comes. Okay. So like they would sign with the NFL team then, but technically you wouldn't be the one getting paid because you can't. And then you'd get paid later on. They on paper, on paper, Jace, they would have no agent. Okay. Okay, I see. That was always a question I always Mm -hmm. had, but I was, and that's a great question. And I figure it out. Look, I look forward to when that opportunity arises and then I have to deal with that. And that'll just, that'll just be awesome. Cause that that's a representation of my work product and just the kind of person and agent that I want to be. I'm not in this for the money. I'm in this to make dreams happen. And it's beautiful because my dream is to make other people's yeah. dreams happen. And so that's the beauty of this industry. And I would honestly welcome that with open arms because that would be the best situation for my client. Yeah. So you're 23, right? 23. 23. Okay. So one common common misconception of these like upcoming graduates is that age kind of represents experience in the agency world. What makes you different and why is that a completely wrong way to look at it? Well, I'm going to uh, kind of walk a line here. Um, there are pros and cons of having a young agent. I'll start with the cons. I have, and I currently do represent a client. I've talked to his family and they were skeptical about having me represent them. And so they honestly brought me on as kind of a marketing guy. And that's, that's fine. I relish in that. And they said, we don't want to put our hopes and dreams of playing professional football in the hands of a young guy who's inexperienced and doesn't have the connects that comes with a, a veteran agent. Which, which is very yeah. reasonable. And so, you know, you, you just got to take that and you got to understand where they come from, but also try and communicate the pros of having a young agent where every single client I represent, I'm trying to get my breakthrough. 
So their son's breakthrough is my breakthrough. And that's why I will work harder than any other big agent, big agency you see out here because they've already been in the game. They've already been there. Each client I would assume is less significant to them as they are to me. Because as I said, my dream is to make their dreams happen as opposed to them. Their dreams have already come true. All right. So let's switch to the NCAA right now. There's a lot of name image and likeness um, conversations going on. What are your thoughts on that? We need to pay these guys. We need to let these guys monetize on the brands that they have. Um, I understand the argument from the NCAA's perspective on keeping the sport as an amateur profession or just an amateur activity. I understand that. But when these guys are bringing in millions, if not billions of dollars to these schools and the programs that trickles down into everything, including tuition rates, we got to give these guys an opportunity to capitalize on their brand. Maybe don't pay them for their performance on the field, but allow them to sign jerseys, sell autographs, do marketing events and put a little yeah. money in their pockets. Cause a lot of them come from uh, unfortunate situations and some are more well off than others. And so if they have the platform and the ability to do so, why are we depriving them? Yeah, of I completely rights? agree. Like, a few weeks ago, I think Notre Dame came out and said their team will not be in the upcoming NCAA football game. And I actually got into a fight with one of my friends about it because I agreed. Like, I don't think if their players are not going to get paid for being in that game, I don't think they should be in it. And sure, I mean, I, I, to me, it's obvious, but I guess to some people, it's not. Well, I mean, I think when you when you're invested into uh, the game of football and just sports in general, you kind of approach it from a different perspective. Jace, what are you uh, studying? In sports story? management and then a minor in business. There, there you go. You see, yeah. in, sport, in sport management, I wrote about should college athletes be paid probably three times, three separate assignments. Could you say that's fair? Do you guys discuss that topic frequently? We have discussed it, yeah. But like, since I'm a freshman, I'm not in like the higher level courses yet. So it's kind of okay. just like the intro to communication or the intro to sport management, just stuff like that. Well, I'll tell you what, as a freshman, you're doing a great job and just hosting and talking to people. You're, you're on your way and prepare for plenty of similar reoccurring topics. Like one we talked about all the time was the ethics of the Olympics and like the funding of it and whatnot and the potential corruption that goes into it. But second was should college athletes be paid and as you go through your undergraduate degree and you obtain your sports management knowledge you'll accumulate knowledge and be able to articulate your opinions a little bit better because you have information from both sides yeah so are you doing sports law now or is it like law school in general right now i'm just in law school they do offer some law schools do offer like a sports law track but as of right now, the school I go to does not offer that. So I'm kind of just making it happen on my own. Um, to, all, to anyone listening, to anyone who may listen or want to be an agent, you don't need an invitation to go out and do it. As I mentioned before, if you, if you have a friend, if you have an urge to do it, a fire and a passion, just, just go ahead and make it happen. And this goes out to you, Jace. I know uh, you're a baseball player. I am. I am. I'm sure you have plenty of friends who play or have played or something along those lines. And I would urge you, man, just get started. 
build some more confidence in yourself. And then once you feel like you can bring something of value to a potential client, go ahead and do it. Don't wait on it. Last year, when I worked for this company down in Phoenix, my boss, who he trusted me a lot, and he actually gave me the opportunity to um, go out and start recruiting baseball guys to his company because he was mostly a football and basketball company, and he knew that my passion was in baseball. Yeah. So he was like, hey, go recruit some baseball guys. So, I mean, I, sp- I would say I spent the majority of last spring like looking at a lot of baseball guys, going through LinkedIn, just finding free agents in the independent league, of course, because – you have to have a bachelor's degree to become MLB certified. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did the majority of last spring was just look at these independent guys, um, made, made some good connections. But and of that's course, what it, of course, that, COVID came and ended the season. So yeah, kind of got stalled there. That's what it's about, man. Um, see, just as a young kid, just take action, you know, build it and use LinkedIn to your advantage. I've acquired two clients through LinkedIn. So it's definitely a a potential resource that you could use. And it's a great way to market yourself because while there may not be as many athletes on there, there's a lot of people with brands or agencies or marketing firms on there that could help you get to the next level. Yeah. Actually one guy that you might know, we got um, the company got off of LinkedIn, the 2019 IFL MVP, Daquan Neal. Uh, I have heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Played for Iowa. And he was, he was a guy that our company got off of LinkedIn. Ah, very cool. Yeah. I mean, these guys are, these guys are on there. These guys exist and just use every resource you can. I mean, I didn't realize Instagram was as powerful as it was. And that's kind of why recently, if you look at my Instagram, it's kind of taken a shift more towards away from my personal life and into the person and the professional thing that i'm trying to uh yeah. portray it's nice to have a good mix of your business and then personal so you're like your potential recruits can see like who you truly are and your business sense that's right so that's right all right is there anything else you want to talk about uh jace why don't you tell me about your plans how do you see it working out for you so right now of course i graduate in 2024 i've been up in the air on what sport i want to do but I think recently I've decided I think baseball is a sport I'm going to be like is going to be the major topic of concern because I mean just watching I've been I was been walk, taking walks past Bart Kaufman Field where the IU team plays and man I I, I believe base, baseball is just so deep in my heart so I feel like the work ethic that I have like it's just going to be extended with baseball. There you go. So I'll work it there. Um, I'm not sure if I want to start my own company or work for someone else. I've got, I would say I have a few presentations of just like this company I want to start called Wriggling Sports Management. Mm -hmm. I've got the whole brand, all the logos done. I've got like mock presentations for players, just like trying to build, not build the brand because I can't like do it yet, but just like make the presentations as good as possible, make the business plan as good as possible. I try to be prepared as possible. Preparation is key, man. And touching back on what you said about which sport you want to do, I had someone tell me that I should uh, diversify and start representing other clients aside from football. And I mean, I obviously have my first client who played basketball. But when your heart is in something, as mine is in football and yours is in baseball, you become more relatable on that sense. Like, 
I was offered a potential opportunity to represent a client who plays golf. Now for me, someone who doesn't play golf very much or isn't in that field or grow up around that sport, I wouldn't be able to talk the lingo and relate to them on that level as I can with my football guys when I can actually talk to them, break down coverages, discuss what's going on and possible ways that I could see them improving. Yeah. Like, Last spring, I got a call from a guy who wrote a book, and he saw something that I did for my senior project, a a thing that I did. I got a small town to get together, have over 350 people there, raise over $5,000 for this organization. He was like, hey, I want you to come up with an event for me to sign books like you did for your senior project for the baseball. Baseball, of course, because, I mean, like I said, baseball's in my heart. It's my passion. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him for about an hour about it, and I thought about it for about a week. But I told him, I was like, I really know nothing about what I, I don't even, like. I really know nothing about this book. I don't know anything about doing that type of stuff. So I had to turn him down. But it was nice to get a call and have him ask me to do that. Yeah, I think that's a, a noble thing for you to do. And while it's great that you're receiving recognition for your, for your achievements in that project you put together, if you don't even know what the book's about or you don't believe in the brand the way you believe in baseball, you're not going to put the same amount of effort forth and therefore the product will be diminished. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, anything else? Like working some of these who wants a football, who's about to graduate and they're on the football team, where can they find you? If, they, well, if they're looking for an agent looking to go professional. Thanks for the shout out, Jace. Um, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn or my email or the, uh, you can always reach me on my Instagram at Lamba underscore Daniel. And that's the place to find me. But everyone who's listening, you're at the right place, man. This, this podcast is Jace's and he's going to do big things. You just got to wait on it. All right. Well, I thank you for that. But well. Thank you for coming on today. Had a great conversation. Look forward to staying connected. Thanks, Jace. You have a good day, man. All right. You too. See ya. See ya. I just want to give a quick update on the upcoming weeks. We got Hunter Frost, St. Francis pitcher, coming up next Monday. Then we got minor league baseball GM Nick Carey for week seven. Then we have upcoming agent and brand builder Justin Johnson. And then to round out the month, we got fellow podcaster Lucas Deck. This month, we also have the Top Prospect Series sponsored by SNK Design and LaGrange. That includes Dodger prospect pitcher Ryan Pepio on April 16th and Diamondbacks pitcher Dre Jamison on April 23rd. Also wanted to take this time to thank all the listeners. Couldn't do it without you guys. And see you next week.